Welcome to the Pure Creative Force podcast. I'm Christy McNabb, your host. There's a pulse of creativity running through each of us. It's our job to honor and activate it. Creativity is the antidote to the struggles, challenges, and suffering we see in our lives and the world around us. The act of creating and bringing forth something new dissolves the old and useless ways. Join me and discover how to unleash the pure creative force within. Activate your own creative process and learn how to keep elevated. Be inspired to go create. Today's interview is with Ashley Johnson, an energy healer, intuitive counselor, and founder of Little Deer Energy Healing. Ashley shares her life's journey, how she's always been connected to spirit since she was a child, and how that connection was buried during some tough high school times, and how she eventually opened up to her natural gifts as a healer. We talk about connecting to intuition, to your guidance and energetic bodies, and how to take back personal power. Learn about her unicorn healing and unique modalities to break through the stagnancy of life and to let your natural energy flow. Here's our interview. Welcome, Ashley, to the Pure Creative Force podcast. Well, thank you for having me on your podcast. Tell us about Little Deer Energy Healing, the services you offer, and how you came about um, to start your business. I originally started offering just Reiki. I was a Reiki practitioner. I was just offering Reiki sessions to people. And I was also creating different types of um, essential oils that had herbs and crystals in it that were charged with Reiki. But once I kind of started on this path of Reiki and getting to work with people, I decided that I really wanted to teach people Reiki. But I also kind of started you know, exploring more of myself, which was nice because then I I discovered that I had a lot more to offer people than just Reiki. So what I currently offer besides Reiki is I offer unicorn healing, which is another type of energy healing. I also offer Akashic record journeys, which include past life type things, intuitive reading, soul peace retrieval, help people create spiritual path plans for themselves this is really great for people who either A, are just starting on their path and have no idea which direction to go to, or people who have been on their path and are kind of stuck like at a wall and not sure which, which direction to go into. I offer soul alignment, which is actually something new that I am creating. And it's basically just a method of connecting your physical body to your spiritual body and then all of the universe, including like the cosmos and mother earth all together. And then I kind of offer some other classes too, basic type things about, you know, different things you can do with the moon, um, about different goddesses. I've done different classes about meeting your guides, how to connect to your guides, how to connect to your higher self, how to create your own oils, all different types of stuff. I kind of just go with whatever is coming forward that I feel like I need to share. I kind of create something that I can share with other people so that they can come learn too. Mm-hmm. And what, what do you see are the most common challenges when, like when clients come to you or you meet people and they're interested in doing an energy healing? So some of the stuff that I help people with, I think like the biggest one is probably people that are dealing with some type of like a struggle. So 
it can vary. Sometimes these people are lost in grief, like maybe they, they've lost somebody close to them, or maybe they're, they're dealing with um, anxiety and they want to go like a more holistic route or, you know, or they're just kind of struggling with their general purpose. I see a lot of people who have children that have just, you know, they're empty nesters and now they're, they're moms trying to find their place kind of back in the world. I see a variety of people in all different stages of their paths. I see other healers and I see people who, you know, are like, I don't know why I'm here, but I felt called to it. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, it just depends on the week, but it's interesting because the, the struggles depend on what is, is going on energetically with the world. So it's interesting. I kind of like watch. So I'll start seeing people that are dealing with, say, self-worth issues. Um, and I notice that I start having a lot of people come in with that are struggling with the same thing. So I actually started watching patterns of the moon and, and what's going on with astrology. And, and I notice that there's a, like a direct connection. So that kind of helps me to prepare a little bit better so I kind of can see what I'm going to be dealing with over the Mm. next few weeks with people. Yeah, definitely. And that collective, whatever's happening in the cosmos is affecting the collective, which then affects us individually. Mm -hmm. I can see how taking an interest in that to try to help my clients better also helps me better too. So it kind of goes into that. You're always the teacher and the student at the same time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I feel like that that has like a, a, a good benefit for everybody all around. Mm-hmm. What have you discovered when, as you're following the moon and in the, the phases of the moon, the signs, what has been coming up? I feel like a lot of what has been coming up for people is taking their power back. That is like the biggest thing. People are getting, are, are getting to this point where they're, they're facing these, these different struggles where they feel like that they're falling apart, they're unraveling. Um, And it's kind of where their spiritual self kind of takes a hold and says, okay, you know, we're ready to spiritually grow instead of just living in this 3D world, not really doing anything. So a lot of what people I feel like are doing right now are they're either at that level or they're going up these tiers in this process of like shedding, shedding. And it's not just like shedding like who they used to be before their spiritual awakening. It's like shedding old patterns and habits. So you do that for the 3D self you have now, and then the next level might be shedding of patterns and habits that you have from past lives. So it's ultimately just this huge shedding of all of this stuff so that you can keep raising your vibration. Mm -hmm. So it's been really fun to watch some of these people that I've been working with for the last couple of years really propel themselves into this, this huge new self some of these people, they don't even, I don't even recognize them anymore on a spiritual level. Just watching them really take a hold of that whole process of letting all this stuff go to kind of let their light come out mm-hmm. and then sharing that with other people. Yeah. And tell us a little bit more. You had mentioned Reiki, the unicorn healing and um, Akashic record readings. Tell us mm-hmm. a little bit more for somebody who might not know exactly what those are what that entails and how you're helping clients through those different modalities. Okay. So the type of Reiki that I teach and I practice is um, a Japanese style. So it actually does not involve the chakras. Um, It involves what they call the three diamonds. So 
There is a lower diamond called the Hara that deals with all of our life force energy. And then there's a heart diamond that deals with, it's called heart key. It deals with all like our human experiences and our emotions. And then we have a heaven key, which is right above our head. And that deals with our spiritual self. So the type of Reiki that I practice clears all three of those out. um, And it kind of just helps to cleanse your energy. I think the best description is that, you know, like we have, everybody has this natural river type energetic flow going through us. And we get these little pebbles from just existing, doing day-to-day stuff. And those little pebbles create a blockage in the flow to where it turns into a trickle. And then we start having things like insomnia, um, you know, minor aches and pains, headaches, stress, different things like that. And this, this type of Reiki, well, all type of Reiki removes those, those blockages so that mm-hmm. we're flowing the way that we should be. So that type, I, I, Reiki, I feel like, is a really good place for people to start if they've never had energy healing done because it's gentle. I always tell people that if they've never had energy healing done, that they should start with Reiki just because, like I said, it's gentle. It makes them feel good. They sleep better for a while, um, and it's just all around good. It's a universal type practice, so it's good for anybody in any type of religion or place in their life. Unicorn healing is a little bit different. This one is a little bit higher vibrational just because the unicorn energy is very energetically matched with angel energy. Mm-hmm. And this one actually clears out all of your chakras, all seven chakras, but it focuses a lot in the heart chakra. So, and how I do this one is I actually call in your personal unicorn guardian, which is basically like your guardian angel, but in an animal form. And they come in and they help clear out all of your chakras, your auric field, and they kind of help uh, make a connection. The the healing helps make a connection with your unicorn guide, because your unicorn guide is going to help you on your spiritual path. So this that type of energy healing is really good for people who are looking for, you know, a new connection, um, who really like connect with animals. I feel like that they really enjoy that. Oddly, most people who enjoy unicorn healing are men. Um, and I think it's because the unicorns have a lot of that horse medicine energy. Oh, um, fascinating. So, yeah, so it's really interesting. Usually I have men say they prefer that over the, the Reiki it's almost like buzzy. Like it's, I have more people be able to feel that energy than the Reiki because it's almost like electricity. Mm. So um, that one I think is probably my favorite. I really like the unicorns personally, just because my unicorn guide really pushes me. Um, And even (laughs) when I do to do things, even that I think I can't do, she tells me that I can. So I really like to watch people connect with their unicorn guide. And a lot of times that is like one of those we have a unicorn healing session and it's one and it's done. So they connect with their unicorn guide and then their unicorn guide takes over from that. And to me, I feel like that is more beneficial because they're taking the reins then, mm-hmm. you know, so it's kind of like I'm giving them a tool. I'm helping them to connect to a tool that's already there so that they can utilize it so that they can continue on their path without having to use me. If that makes sense. Absolutely. So, and then um, the Akashic journey, I like to take people into like past lives, 
um, into their Akashic records to see, you know, what keys they might hold to different, different places of themselves, uh, look at their life book. It really varies. And a lot of times it's not something that I can plan for. I get told that they need to go there and then I take them there. And then a lot of times they're the ones that are seeing, I'm not seeing what they're seeing. Um, they see it, they experience it, they hold on to it. And then that kind of helps them to see who they really are, who they have been and to, to bring some of those soul pieces back in to their self so that they can become whole again. Mm. And how like on a did spiritual you, level? Yeah. Um, how did you learn all of this? Like uh, share with us your journey and how you opened up to your intuitive gifts and healing skills, you know, where did this kind of all come to fruition for you? So I always tell people that I have been weird my whole life. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's true. You know, I, I have seen things and felt things and knew things before they happened. And both sides of my family always believed me. They always, you know, I think sometimes my mom didn't know what to say, but she never said, oh, that's not right, or, you know, whatever. So I was always encouraged, because I would see these things, feel these things, and my family would never judge me for it, or there would be some other that would be like, yeah, me too, you know. So I was always that way. Um, I know, like, when I got into middle school and high school, and I was, like, sharing with friends in school, kind of created some bullying for me. So I kind of started to keep things to myself. And then in my 20s, I kind of really still kept things to myself until my late 20s. I kind of was like really searching for something that I felt like was missing. And then my sister's husband died and that really cracked me open. That really put me in a place of this is something that we're breaking you down so that you can lift yourself back up. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I originally had gotten interested in Reiki like directly after that because I felt like I needed a certification to be legitimate to help people. I know now that that is not true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I love Reiki. I enjoy Reiki. But, you know, it kind of helped me to give to give me some confidence. That was like a, a, a foundation for me to get confident and to be able to start working with people. Mm -hmm. Um, And then everything that I've learned after that has either been from different people that I've interacted with, had some guidance from them and then kind of went my own way or things that I've read in books. Um, But I have a lot of stuff, this sounds weird, but I have a lot of stuff come to me while I'm sleeping in my dreams. And then also like when I meditate. So a lot of the foundation comes from what other people do, but then I kind of take it on my own path. Um, And I always enjoy, I try not to Google, uh, but I do always enjoy when I have something come to me in my dream or um, why I'm meditating and then I Google it and there's other people that have the same experience or heard the same things. So, um, and I think the biggest struggle with that was just having confidence that I'm not making stuff up in my head that this is, you know, (laughs) legitimate, legitimate things. I know what one of the previous podcasts um, we were talking about the idea or the idea, there's a field of all knowing. So any idea, mm-hmm. any image, any, anything you're getting, it's, it's 
you know, absolutely could be more than one person getting it. So that's really fascinating though. Yours come through in dreams. Do you have like a notebook by your bed or how do you remember what you were dreaming about? I have just like a really good memory. And I actually wrote this down because I was going to talk about it, about remembering things. Because for a while there, I was trying to hold all of the information in my body. And it was actually causing me physical pain, like in my my neck and my arms, and I was getting headaches and stuff. So I actually asked Mother Earth to index everything for me. So if I get new information, I download it, and then I actually push it through my feet, almost like tree roots. Mm-hmm. and give it to her. And then when I need to tap into that information again, I put my feet on the ground and I, I ground and I meditate and I bring the information back up. Um, so it's almost like an indexing system. Oh, that's that fantastic. Use. So that way all the information is there, but I only pull up what I need as I need it. Oh, that's like next level time management. I know there, <laughs> there was a real famous book years ago called Getting Things Done, where he talked about write it down. And, you know, this is kind of the next level is, you know, give it to Mother Earth. And when you need it, she'll give it back to you. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yep. So intuitively, are you more like, do you see the images or do you hear the words? Like what um, kind of, how do things come to you? It really depends. So sometimes I will see things physically, um, usually like out of the corner of my eye or sometimes like in a silhouette. A lot of times I see with what they say, um, seeing with your third eye. So I see it in my head and then I hear things through my, her- uh, yeah, through my third eye. I have had a couple of instances where I heard things physically with my ears, but it really freaks me out and I don't like it. So I mm-hmm. asked spirit to not do that to me because they always do it to me when I'm like half awake and I'm home by myself. Um, <sighs> So I don't, I don't like that. Um, but yeah, a lot of times I, I see it with my third eye and I hear things with my third eye. And I, I've, I've formulated a method of if it comes back three times, it's a message. And even if I'm still feeling um, not confident about what I'm seeing, which that was like a really big thing for me was being confident with what I'm seeing and hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do use a pendulum from time to time to verify what I heard if it's accurate or not so that but I mean like usually with clients and stuff that is not an issue for me anymore it's usually my own personal stuff that I have to get validation for but yeah I see I see things with my third eye so um yeah it's kind of a it's kind of a cool thing because you can see it I feel like I can see it better in my third eye than if I saw it physically because then I can actually interact with it a little bit if that makes sense Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you had said you, um, you know, you get messages or, you know, information ideas in your dreams. And then when you meditate, what other things do you do during the day just to keep yourself clear and to keep yourself as an open channel for others? So that is probably one of my biggest cha- challenges, just bas- basically because of time, because I do have two kids and a husband and, you know, dogs and all kinds of other stuff. Um, I do try to give myself self sessions. I do do a lot of meditating, but I've learned that the best way for me to stay energetically cleared is a lot of times I will swap sessions with people. Mm. Um, and I try to do that as much as possible, but otherwise I ask, 
you know, my guides to keep things clear for me. I use different crystals, but I do do a lot of meditating. Um, I do a lot of like breathing um, to kind of clear my energy. So, mm-hmm. and then I also use water. So uh, one of the things that I, I really enjoy is when I, like I take a shower and I will ask, you know, whichever guide is currently with me to charge the water with, you know, earth energy or Reiki or unicorn energy or whatever type of energy they want. And then as I'm showering, I will just, you know, let that cleanse, cleanse my, my body, my auric field and every, you know, kind of almost like literally washing away, you know, the energy. Mm-hmm. And have you gotten sensitive enough to like feel when you do have blocks or, you know, when you talk about the auric field, kind of your energetic bodies, can you sense when it's off? Yeah. Yep. I can definitely sense when it's off. Um, usually I will get a headache. Mm -hmm. Um, is the first thing. And then um, sometimes I will even see the energy out of the corner of my left eye. And it'll get so obnoxious that I almost can't even look at things without it being jittery. And then sometimes I'll get upset stomach, because usually people, that's usually where my blockage is, usually either in the solar plexus or my throat chakra. So I'll either get like an upset stomach or a headache, or I get like a, a lump in my throat. And Mm -hmm. I know that that, there's some type of energy there that I need to move out. Mm -hmm. And what advice would you have for somebody who like might not be at all connected to their energetic body or maybe not even really connected to their bodies? Like how can they start to just bring some awareness towards the things that we're talking about? I always suggest that the first thing that they should do is find something that calls to them. So if like they're interested in crystals, you know, like maybe you'll get a couple of crystals and just sit with them, you know, put them in in your non-dominant hand and just kind of sit with them to see if you can feel the energy. Um, The other thing that I think is really beneficial is people doing meditation, but they should do a guided meditation so that they don't go off in la la land Mm. and that so that they can start kind of experiencing experiencing things. Reiki is a good, a good place for people to start. Even like just using like an Oracle deck, just something that they can kind of start to get, get in touch with, with things. Because I feel like that you start doing the crystals or the Oracle deck, you know, just little tiny things. And you start seeing coincidences or synchronicities or things like that. You're like, there's no way that 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 happen, you know what I mean? And then you kind of build from there and then kind of explore, explore. Actually, one of the things that I always recommend to clients and students is actually a book that you recommended to me, which is, <laughs> I think it's called Ask Your Guide, right? Oh, yes. Sonia Choquette. Yeah, yeah. I, I always recommend that to people and they always really enjoy it. And it, that really helps people to kind of start exploring other things. Yeah, we'll give a plug for Sonia. It's a really good book because it talks about all of the different types of guides, um, mm-hmm. angels, guides, you know, everything that it'll give you kind of a menu of things to get in touch with, which is, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, I'm going to share a quick story if that's okay. Yeah, um, absolutely. I have this one student who totally, the first time I ever met her before she took Reiki with me, I did a reading for her. And I was just doing like a a giveaway and I, I don't even know how she wanted, I don't know. She told me that she didn't believe in any of that stuff, nothing whatsoever. (laughs) And I told her, I'm like, you have to just go get this book and read it. 
and she did. She read the book and then she went to go give it to somebody else and the book disappeared. Like she can't find it. <laughs> but now she's like just watching her over the past. It's probably been about a year. Now she's like into everything and she is the most amazing energy healer. So I like that book, I think kind of helped her believe, I guess, a little bit <laughs> yeah. to be able to, to move forward with things. Well, that's a really great story and a great point is we need the experience of it. Like we can hear people talking and, oh, okay, in theory or in my mind, I can understand that you know, intellectually, but it's, it's once you have an experience and you do see the synchronicities or you get a message and act on it and like doors open for you, you know, that's when life becomes pretty magical. Yeah, that's what I always tell people. You have to believe in the magic because it's there. Yeah. It's there. There's magic everywhere. And I think that's one of the, the things that I enjoy the most teaching Reiki is watching people after their first attunement and their, their eyes are just big, like what just happened, you know, and then they all have stuff to share the next class of all these things that they felt and, and experienced and how the world even looks different. Like the colors look brighter, you know, and I'm just like, you just have to believe a little bit and then <laughs> you can find something that helps to like ignite it. Yeah. But and it's the ign- the ignition is different for everybody. For some people, it's a Reiki attunement. For some people, it's the Ask Your Guide book. For some people, it's buying a deck of Oracle cards. Like it's different for everybody. Yeah, that's so true. And I think everyone's searching for a greater experience of life. And I love how you described, you know, in the beginning, it was about, you know, we've got this energy running through us or the potential for the energy to be a flow. And sometimes there's pebbles that get stuck. You know, that's a really good image of, you know, where, where can I kind of clear out the cobwebs or the things that are keeping me stuck? And then you can have an entirely different experience. Mm-hmm. And I know like for me in my journey, really focusing on keeping that flow going has, has changed me because like I said, you know, I was trying to embrace my gifts when I was in middle school and high school and I endured like a lot of bullying from people because of it. And so for a long time, I was like angry and bitter. And I like just was not in a good place for such a long time because of that. But because of keeping my energetic flow, I've been like open and and working on myself and and moving that energy out. I realized that that was, I've healed from that. And I've let that go. And it's changed my personality and who I am. 100% 100% that I'm not holding on to that anymore. Mm, so yeah, that's, it's, it's interesting. Just a little bit of self-maintenance can, can change your whole perspective on life. Oh, absolutely. And getting in touch with that power and then having the ability to forgive or let go of things that happened in the past. It's really, really important. Mm-hmm. In addition to you know, encouraging people to get in touch with the energy and, and to feel it and to be more aware, what would you... What advice would you give if you sense there's bad energy, um, whether it's you know somebody you run into or you're in a situation where you can feel the tension? Like, how would you? What are some simple things we can do to either clear that or kind of protect ourselves from any negativity? So one of the I think the biggest lessons that I've learned while doing this is that there really isn't good and bad. It really involves intention. Mm. Um, So obviously, if somebody has 
a bad, like, you know, quote unquote, bad energy for you that they have. It's like intentionally they're trying to send you negative energy because maybe they don't like you or they're in a bad mood. They're projecting whatever, you know, you can block yourself. I usually just ask my unicorns to kind of wrap their wings around me and, you know, kind of keep me safe. But one of the things that I found is actually the most beneficial is I try to, if I'm feeling tension or I'm feeling somebody has, has negative energy that I don't want to be around, um, I try to figure out what exactly the negative energy is. Like, is there something about me that is triggering something about them? Or maybe they're having a bad day. So I've actually found that sending, I envision like a rainbow coming from my heart chakra and sending it to them. Mm. has actually been more beneficial than blocking. Mm-hmm. So because that, a lot of times, yeah, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, no, it, that's a good point that there's, it's not good and bad energy. It's just a difference mm. in the density of it or the, the yeah. way that it feels. So th- that's good advice. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, and just like kind of using discernment, you know, like I said, sometimes there are going to be people who are throwing daggers at you. So obviously you're not going to want to open up your heart chakra. You're going to want to create like a boundary, but you kind of have to just trust, trust your intuition. The biggest thing for me is instead of blocking people's energy, I have started to kind of share some energy with them because I feel like that a lot of times when people have that negative energy around them, it, it always makes me think, well, why, you know, like what are they struggling with that? maybe they just need a little bit of extra love and they'll change their, their, their mindset or their attitude. You know, maybe that energy will dissolve. Mm, Powerful. So you've been through a tremendous transformation over the last year. I know you've really been working on taking care of yourself and your physical body. Share with us your journey. So I, I've probably been overweight since I was 17 and it was just a, a method for me of protection. That's how my my spirit was trying to protect itself because I didn't mm-hmm. know any other way. So I put on a lot of weight and I had tried forever to lose weight. Um, anything I tried would not work. It wasn't until I started really working on myself and practicing more self-love, appreciating my body and really kind of just trying to heal from the inside out and then everything else kind of fell fell into place even just the the desire to eat better foods to be more active to be able to be outside without sweating to death I don't know like it's really hard to describe I've been trying to 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 formulate how it happened but it just kind of it was almost like a collaboration between me and my guides Um, I said that you know this is something that I really want and they really made me search for why did I want it? Was it a physical reason or was it a spiritual reason? I have people ask me all the time and I, a lot of times I don't know how to answer. You have to be uncomfortable. You have to shed a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's like you're holding in all of this stuff with the, as soon as you start shedding all this stuff, then like, you know, for me, it was weight that started to come off. And that's, that's another way I, I can tell that I have a blockage or I have something that I need to work on because I will hit a plateau in my weight loss. So I know that there's something else that I need to figure out and work on so that I can get it moving again, but it frequently changes mm. um, what I need to be doing. 
Yeah. And it's such a, a powerful story. I mean, you owning your power and you know what you had said mm-hmm. when you were younger, it was a protective method for you. And of course that makes sense. Like physically you're you know wanting to protect yourself. And the more that you got in touch with who you are and self-confidence and really opening up to your gifts, then it's, you don't need that anymore. So yeah. you know, obviously you worked really hard, but also energetically it was like time, time for it to go. Yeah. My unicorn guide is really bossy. And she just said to me one day when I was meditating, your body has done all of this beautiful stuff for you. Why are you not taking care of it? Mm. It's loved you enough to give you children. You're healthy. It's done all this stuff for you. Why are you not returning the favor? She was almost like, that's kind of rude. <laughs> <You know>? Rude. <laughs> So it's just like, I, I don't know, like that quote to me just kind of made me think she's right. You know, like my body, like I, I've been blessed to not have any chronic physical illnesses or, you know, cancer or, and I, I've had two children that I've been able to, to have that are healthy. And then here I am like stuffing soda and candy in it kind of, like, well, I'm just going to keep using you as a doormat, even though you keep like doing all this wonderful stuff for me. So that to me that I always think about that. So I, I've learned to to kind of tune into my body, like, what is it that you want to eat, mm. you know, um, mm. versus what does my ego want me to eat? Yeah, my ego is going to tell me, let's go eat a, a king size symphony bar. But my body's like, how about we have some oatmeal? You know, like, that's <laughs> what I really want. <laughs> so. well, have you ever gotten a message or messages and not paid attention to them? Any examples there that you can think of? Uh, yeah, I've, I've done that a lot, particularly it's stuff that I, I don't want to hear or things that I don't want to deal with. And a lot of times I will ignore them. And then usually I'll start getting a really bad headache or tension, different things like that. Or the, the issue uh, will snowball and turn into something bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've really learned to not ignore them because a lot of times those messages they're never wrong. They're never wrong. So the, the quicker that I, I just accept it and take it in and deal with it, the less pain, heartache and suffering that I'm going to be not experiencing from just doing it the first time. Mm, absolutely. So what you talked about meditating, are there any easy or kind of simple ways that listeners can you know, either start their meditation practice or go deeper or even just taking quiet time to listen and ask questions and listen for messages? I think the best way is to get on YouTube and find guided meditations. Find somebody that you like, or maybe even if you've got something that you are already interested in. Like I know if you, if you look up guided unicorn meditation, there's quite a few people that are really good. Um, Calissa Ascension is one of them. She's actually one of my favorites. Um, and she just has a ton of different types of meditation. And then even just breathing in through your nose and then exhaling through your mouth. And I just tell people visualize that you're breathing in light and exhaling light and filling your auric field with, with mm-hmm. it and just relax. Meditation is so different for everybody. And it doesn't even need to be 30 minutes long. You can just sit there and practice the breathing for 10 minutes and still get the benefits of meditation from it. Absolutely. What have been the most powerful teachings or life lessons for you along your journey? 
the biggest lesson that I had to learn was boundaries. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, all different types of boundaries with all different types of people. And then using that discernment of who needs to have boundaries and who doesn't. And also having faith and trust. So one of my biggest things is because I'm very, I'm kind of a control freak. So I kind of, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I have a hard time trusting sometimes because I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. Or I want a 20 page written report of reassurance that this is going to work out, different things like that. That's probably been a hard lesson. I still struggle with it sometimes, but. But I think the boundaries, the boundaries one is probably the biggest, the biggest lesson that I had to learn. Mm-hmm. You mentioned as a child, like you've really been open to your spirit and to connecting. Do you also see that with your own children? Yes. So that's actually been um, fun because they'll talk to me about stuff. My eight-year-old son, I actually do some guided journeys with him so that he can talk to some of his guides. And it's fun to to watch the things that they say, the things that they see, because kids can connect so much faster than adults do. And I always just thought, you know, like, okay, I'm going to do this with them. Maybe they're just being creative, you know, like whatever. And then one time my son told me that he had a guide with him that was a little rabbit. And I was like, oh, yeah, what's the rabbit's name? And he's like, my rabbit's name is Petey. And I'm like, what? Because I had a bunny when I was like two named Petey. Now, I mean, he, this, he was in kindergarten. He was like five years old when he told me this. So there's no way that he would have known because I mean, that is a memory that I had that was so far in the back of my head that I probably never even talked to him about it. But yeah, so, and I'm just like, dude, it's the rabbit. And I had, I find, I found a picture of it and I showed it to him like actually recently and I said, hey, do you recognize this rabbit? And he's like, yeah, it's Petey. Oh, my gosh. So just like. <laughs> That's so, so amazing like, and it's so yeah. fascinating because kids are so connected and it's such a gift that you're giving to your kids. I mean, your mom gave it to you by just, you know, mm-hmm. listening and accepting, like never shutting you down. And I think that's so important if, when we're surrounded by kids, you know, whether they're our own or, you know, we're babysitting or nieces and nephews, it's really encouraging them to connect and encouraging them that what they're seeing is real and, you know, it's true. So what a, um, you know, confirmation for him to have that come up in a journey and then to know it was actually a part of your life way back when. Yeah. Did he get a kick out of that? Um, you know, he didn't really, he doesn't really say a whole lot. Um, (laughs) he's a thinker. Um, Isabel, the younger one, she, she says a lot. She'll tell me all different types of stuff for a while there. She kept going on about my grandma, my grandma, my grandma. And then she described our grandma who she had (laughs) never met. And she's like, yeah, she looks like me. She has short blonde hair. And I'm just like, okay, I know what grandma we're talking about here, (laughs) you know, and she would just like say all these different things that it's, it just amazes me that, you know, because I I never discourage the things that they're saying, like, it's kind of like normal conversation, you know, and and just some of the stuff that they say to me, I'm always just like mind blown, like, how did, how did you know that? You know, and she'll just be like, oh, my grandma told me. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for your time. This was fun. Well, thank you for having me on. Thank you, Ashley, for your insights and wisdom. 
You can get in touch with Ashley on Facebook via Little Deer Energy Healing. You can also read the show notes at www.christymcnab.com slash podcast dash notes slash Ashley Johnson. Thank you for listening to the Pure Creative Force podcast. If you're interested in hearing more episodes, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. You can also listen in and view the show notes at my website, www.kristimcnab.com forward slash podcasts. If you enjoy the high elevation heart-centered mantra tunes, please be sure to check out our featured artist, Osley. Find her on your favorite music platform. That's O-S-L-E-E. And you can follow her on Instagram at O-S-L-E-E underscore music.